attention, civilians. This emergency, I repeat. Civilians, this is an emergency. It will be a deadly infection outbreak and it is spreading rapidly. For safety, if not. Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome back to another episode of Goblin Lore Podcast. I am your host, Hobbskew. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbskew. And I am joined today by my co-host, Joe Redman. Hi, that's me. I'm Joe Redman. Yeah, it is. And you can find me on Twitter at Findhorn. That is F-Y-N-D Horn. And we are also joined by an honorary co-host, Miss Gwenifer David Hobbs. Gwenifer David Hobbs is joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, she's uh, she decided that she wanted to get some airtime, so she's laying here in my lap right now. Goblin War Podcast, now with more cuteness. <laughs> Making her debut. We are broadcasting an emergency episode this weekend uh, to to react and respond to the lore announcement, sort of the final reveal, I guess, of the 36 Planeswalkers that are going to be involved in the War of the Spark. 36. I mean, I just want to go back to this. 36 <laughs> Planeswalkers. One in every pack. Like... I. I have no clue what's going to look for gameplay. And from a story point, this is just amazing. It's it's wild. It's absolutely yeah. wild. Standard's going to go nuts. The story's going to go nuts. I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those watershed moments in the game. Yeah, and I, I'm excited because w- what we have here is we have a mix um, of walkers we haven't seen in a while, walkers we've only really seen in story some that have only been in supplemental products. Yeah, I mean, we are, this is just a very interesting place we're at right now. Yeah, and so this all kind of got super revealed. It, I mean, we saw a little bit of this in the War of the Spark teaser trailer that came out uh, maybe a week ago, um, but we finally got a close look at all of the stained glass planeswalkers from that video in this article on the mothership by Chris Gleason. So we'll, we'll link the article that Chris Gleason wrote uh, in the show notes, but uh, we wanted to sort of do a power ranking of the planeswalkers from least likely to uh, not exist or at least not have their spark at the end of this story to most likely to hit the fan. So we, we've got uh, four categories, four tiers. I think that's a little more helpful than like just ranking them in order. Um, I, I, we sort of blocked them out by, by clumps. And those clumps we named, sure to survive is number one, most likely. Likely to live, so less likely to make it through one way or the other, but still you know maybe fan favorites or there's some unresolved part of their story arc that we think might be important to pushing the whole course of magic history forward uh three is odds on oft so uh more likely than not that they are going to either lose their spark or you know be oft throughout the course of this story or that you know kind of that their stories maybe run a little bit of its course and so there's there's a little more danger there for them and then four is totally toast people that we think are almost certainly on the chopping block for for this time around whether it's that they lose their spark and are no longer a planeswalker or whether that they are um shall we say written out of the story entirely 
So should we uh, get into our rankings clumps and and uh, I can read through what I've got and you tell me what you think? Yeah, let's do this. So I, I you know, I, I'd say that uh, Joe's going to be probably a little bit more um, versed in the the storyline. So I have thoughts on a lot of these characters, but we're going to kind of just let him run with this um, <laughs> because I think that this is a great topic for you. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say and then to mock it mercilessly. Excellent. Well, I would expect nothing more or less from you. We um, basically are a, a sports radio show. Well, and, and we were talking about this before we recorded. I had a thought just before we did this today to make sort of a, a March Madness style bracket for these. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whoever got to the end would be the one that would certainly survive that sort of thing. Um, but... Uh, we, or I guess it could have been the other way around. Then we could have the Fatal Four. That would have been oh, cool. the Fatal Four. Wow, that would be good. Ah, uh, yeah, because because I mean, each round, aren't you voting on the person that's most likely to die? Oh, uh, there you I go. Mean, yeah, we're gonna get down to the most four most likely to die. Would have been what we would have done. We might have to do this on Twitter now. That might have yeah. to happen. Um, <laughs> we do want to give a quick shout out to some of the folks who have you know, pop their thoughts out of there on the Twitterverse or in the form of articles on their sites about their predictions uh, for this, this set and this storyline uh, sp- specifically. I love his name. His uh, handle here on Twitter is robot remorse, Roberto Moser. Yep. Do you want to talk yep. about this a little bit? Well, I mean, I, he, he actually set up um, on his site and we'll link it in the show notes so you can go check it out. Basically a war of the spark bingo. So, <laughs> He literally turned, I mean, kind of like these planeswalkers and their deaths into a game. That's which, pretty great. I mean, that, that's really what we should be doing with it. We should be celebrating magic history by rooting for people to die. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's exactly the way to look at it. And mm-hmm. then Lane Kaplan also put up a big thread about all 36 planeswalkers and their feelings on, on how that's going to go forward and, um, you know, what... what their interaction with the story might be for this set. So yeah. I, that's pretty cool. We'll also link that thread in the show notes. I want to first approach one of these pieces of art that we got, and that is I I marked it as uh, number four, I believe it was, in the article that we'll link from the mothership. It shows this hooded planeswalker sort of wearing white and blue with maybe like a little diamond insignia on the on the clavicle piece of the armor. Um, there's a staff that almost looks like the corrupted graph stones of Innistrad, um, but she's using bluish-white magic. She's got red hair. Um, and some people have said, like, oh, maybe that's Elspeth, but Elspeth had dark hair, and blue wasn't really an element of her, and Elspeth is still trapped in the underworld of Theros from what we know. I think that would be a lot of story that would have to be, you know, sort of fudged in the background to for us to see her in this in this block. And I think a lot of fans of Elspeth, you know, would feel kind of cheated by that. So I I'm not yeah, sure. There's a lot of maneuvering that, that would need to be done in order for this to be true. Right. So Yeah, I think that that's a little bit out there. Um thoughts I had might be like did Feather, the angel from the original Ravnica stories, did she, you know, spark into a planeswalker? And that's maybe where she's been, you know, hashtag where Feather at. Um, 
is this sort of a manifestation of Sarah, the the old walker who was around in Urza's time, but disappeared and possibly died a long time ago? We don't really know. There's a lot of stuff that this could be. Um, this is the only planeswalker that we have that we're not that we have no idea that we have absolutely no clue who this is. Yeah. So that one we're yeah. not ranking. That's, that's uh, isn't, that, uh, isn't there also a belief it could be the one from one of the, the um, supplement products that was only released in China? Well, and so that's the other one. That's the picture 12 in this uh, series. And okay. that depicts a planeswalker with sort of um, one of those uh, wider brimmed um, conical, almost looking like a, a traditional Chinese rice paddy hat. Looks a little bit floppier, though. Longish white hair, sort of a green and white colored motif and fl- and uh, feather sort of pattern on the skirt and armor. Um, she has sort of like a, a whip sword almost, um, but we don't see her face. And yeah. it's... A lot of people have thought that that might be, like you said, Mu Yanling, who is the other planeswalker in the global deck series. Um, choose the blue walker in that one. And so that's my only hesitation with saying that this is Mu Yanling is that sh- there's a lot of green and white in this. Okay. And so I don't know if that's her. That, so we have some questions about this, but a lot of the like imagery in, in this picture looks like it could be Mu Yunling, who is sort of a wind and water element associated. Yeah. And, and, and Gwen would like to have the return of Elspeth, but she's also willing to wait a little longer for a better storyline, I think, <laughs> which is my only will, reason to really think that, or at least hope maybe that this isn't Elspeth is because I think that, I want to see her in the underworld. And I think that's a more important story than what we would have here. I agree. Or if we even just went back to it later, that would be kind of a bummer. So I think wizards will have that payoff when it's, when it's time. Yeah. But those two are our big question marks. We don't know where they are. I will say though, that I did put, if it is Muyan Ling or Elspeth for that matter, I put them in, in the first tier in sure to survive yeah and for two separate reasons mu yan ling is one of our newer characters and is one of the characters that they're trying to pitch as more global as to you know the east asian market so Mm -hmm. i don't think that they would sort of take that amount of branding and story that they put into her and just expunge her right away from the storyline and i think with elspeth we're not bringing Elspeth back to kill her. Exactly. Absolutely. If she is back right now, she is not coming back to die. One last thing that I want to just hit on really quick before we move into our rankings is that there are some noticeably absent planeswalkers, at least from the artwork. Yes. And I think that that is important um, for at least two of them. Um, and the two that I want to talk about real quick are Tezzeret, because we know that the planner portal is something that he was very much involved in. And is what's kind of probably allowing Bolas to do this. So his lack of art is very conspicuous. Um, we know that he has been a servant of Bolas in the past. It would just, it's very odd. Um, and then the other one is Garrick. Right. And so this seems like it would be a great place for him to return. That's that's kind of like the perfect spot for him to become corrupted by Bolas and, and be a, a weapon of his disposal or something like that. Um or just show up really angry and, like, trying to kill Jace. 
Right, absolutely. Well, and so the last time that we saw Garrick, he was being corrupted by the magic of the chain veil, which Liliana had used on him. Jason planted a hedron from Zendikar in his forehead to soak up some of that magic and keep him from completely corrupting into a demon, a la Obnixilis. Mm -hmm. Um, But Garrick then wandered off basically into the blind eternities and hasn't been heard from since. Um, Yeah. I think the biggest uh, reason that people have sort of justified why Garrick isn't coming back here is because we already have a couple of planeswalkers who are not uh, sort of interested in, in the city plane of Ravnica or, you know, the sort of the civilization mm-hmm. aspect like Domri Raid and maybe Sarkin and some of those others that we don't need that element that's already covered. Um, we but- already got those covered in, in who's there. Right, yeah. but but Tezzy is the big missing piece. It's a big question yes. of where is he going to be and what is his role going to be in the story then going forward? Yeah. Because it seems then like the implication will be that he survives this. Yes. So we don't know. We don't know where those are and those aren't in our rankings for now. And I did put a list of, of who is notably missing from Planeswalker, at least from the cards up on Twitter and we'll link that in the show notes too. Um, but let's just dive in then into our first tier. Yeah, let's do it. So, sure to survive. Uh, in alphabetical order, I have Chandra, Davriel Kane from the Brandon Sanderson story, uh, Huatli from Ixalan, Jace, Jiang Yanggu from the Global Deck series, the Green Planeswalker, Kaya, the Ghost Planeswalker from Fiora, or where we first saw her was Conspiracy 2, uh, Nissa. Sahili Rai from Kaladesh and Teo Varada, who is going to be one of the new planeswalkers that we see in this Ravnica story. Uh, they're, they're the ones depicted on the cover of the Ravnica book as doing the geometry uh, magic. So that is tier one. The people that I am almost certain, I would say 95th percentile will survive. Uh, are there any there that stand out to you that you want to talk about? No, um, I mean, I think that we ha- we're running into kind of this, the, the question too has been for a long time. I think that this category is is tough because, as you said, these all make sense to me. Um, and one, at least one of these could have a very impactful death. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to get into this a little bit further, but I do think there is going to be an impactful death. And I'm still very curious, and maybe you're going to talk about this, but who you think that's going to be. Yeah, I so there could be one in that group. I think that that could go. I I think depending on how they use uh, Teo, um, you know, if if Teo is just sort of the disposable point of view character for the audience in this story, then I could easily see them being the one that that goes here. Um, I I just think that. Uh, you, Primarily, the characters like Huatli, Jiang, Kaya, and Sahili and Taya, especially those those couple, um, they kind of fall into my shiny new toy category, where it's like these are new characters who have a lot of story to tell. There was a lot of creative invested in them or a lot of branding that I'm not sure that Wizards is going to want to kill them off or, or dispose of them as Planeswalkers uh, right away. So, So for me in this list, the one that I could see actually potentially at least losing their spark if we're talking about this as being the, the fully sparked category is um kaya mm. so 
why is with it, her why kind do you of, say that? Uh, her tie kind of to the, the, the spirit slash ghost realm. And uh, looking at the fact that I think that her trying to regain that could be an important storyline um, would be very, very interesting. And and one last note, I think, before we move off of this tier, because I, I don't think there's a lot to discuss here. Maybe Davriel is a little bit uh, highly ranked here, but again, they wrote a whole story where he's the sort of anti-hero antagonist character villain-ish there's a lot of stuff he's a complex character that i don't think they're going to want to mess with too much here he could he could easily move into a larger villain role as the story goes along yep um but uh the last thing i want to note is jung's pupper mowu shows up in the stained glass art which means that mowu can planeswalk too yes mowu is on ravnica and my goodness, wizards, don't you dare hurt that pupper. I mean, it's, it, I mean, basically, isn't it an adorable corgi? I mean, like, yeah. you can't It might be like a that. Shiba Inu. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's something adorable that if you kill, you're just like, everybody's coming for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody. Yeah, can't but do I, it. I did love the fact that that was in the art. Oh, so good. He's such a good boy. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of good boys let's move on to tier two and that's likely to live so yes. again not guaranteed but i'd still say over 50 percent uh okay. likely to survive with a spark intact or you know survive the whole thing in total and so again alphabetically i ranked these as angraf the minotaur that we met on uh ixalan uh ashiok who is the dream stealer planeswalker that we met in Theros, Gideon Jura, Karn, Liliana Vess, Narset, uh, who was the, uh, goodness, Ojitai, uh, and and before that in the other storyline, what was the name of them? The Jeskai aligned uh, planeswalker from Tarkir. Samet, the warrior who uh, saw through the gods and through Bolus's uh, sh- charades on Amonkhet, Sarkhan, Tamio, and Teferi. Yeah, you have a lot. You have a lot there, right? I mean, that's right. That's, yeah, that's this is your your large category, and I think that's because there are a lot of people here that that, like you said, fifty fifty. Like this is our group that really could go either way. Right. And so I think the big ones that stick out that I want to talk about right away are Liliana and Gideon. Okay. What do you think their odds are of getting through this completely intact or why do you, or make the case for me, you know, one way or the other. So Gideon is, Gideon is the one that I would say I'm most likely to be like, eh, he could have that kind of, quote-unquote, Messiah dying, sacrificing himself storyline. I mean, we've talked a lot about Gideon on here on the cast, um, Mm. especially notably in our trauma episode. And his trauma came because he was not able to save people, um, his friends in particular, which has led him to be a little reckless at times. But we, we talked a lot about this, about like, that is kind of a, it was a huge trauma for him. And I do wonder if he could get into a kind of self-sacrifice kind of role that, that he could, like I said, once again, there's a lot of discussion about 
are we going to see a bunch of these planeswalkers kind of return back to human form a la the flipwalkers reversed right. and Gideon I think if he goes I do not think that that would be the case I actually think Gideon if he dies is going to die I I agree yeah I don't think he's a I don't think he's a candidate to lose his spark I think he would be I think he would pull like a, a Fraelis or Lord Windgrace from Time Spiral, where they uh, they sealed they you know sealed up a time rift or righted a great wrong by sacrificing their entire you know ability powers. Right. Um, Liliana, I think, is is also obviously getting a lot of buzz as you know well she betrayed the Gate Watch and she's the one commanding the army of the Eternals and. Um, she's also, she's done a lot of bad things in her past. And so maybe this is a way to sort of give her a redemption arc before sort of killing her off and closing that circle. Um, I don't know that I think I, the reason that I put her in this category and not lower and not more likely to, to be offed by the end of this is that I do think that she has plenty of story left to tell if they're if wizards wants to go that way there's a she's a very complicated character obviously um but i think that leads to much more to unravel she's one of the, she's the oldest one of the gatewatch and so there's a lot of stories of where she's been through the last almost millennium you know uh, tying up loose ends dealing with the mystery of the chain veil there's all this sort of stuff that could still be dealt with i i probably have her in my category of likely to lose her spark because i think there still is enough emotional response to that and do you think that there's enough emotional that we like kind of weight that comes with that where it is significant that is short of her dying completely and not really you know, like you said, ending her story because she does have still story to tell, but that story could be a very different story. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That would be that would be one way to 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 sort of have it be a a penance that she pays. A couple of other characters that I think still have plenty of story to tell. Um, then they're that's why they're in this category and maybe not lower. Uh, Tamio. She has, uh, especially one of the main threads she has to wrap up is what happened with Emrakul on Innistrad, where Emrakul used one of Tammy, mind controlled Tamio, and used one of her scrolls of magic to seal herself in the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, Teferi still has to deal with getting back Zalfir and phasing that in. Uh, Karn still has to go to new phyrexia and use the new silex and cleanse the planet of the phyrexian influence and then you know also still hop around the multiverse and and root out phyrexia wherever it is because let's be honest urza's still inside of karn and, and... <laughs> yeah well yeah well, he was no we didn't talk about him as our noticeably absent character Come on. <laughs> he's there <laughs> i i think too uh Sarkhan and Narset haven't seen each other in a while, and that's that's a story that could be dealt with as well. There's there's plenty of storyline there to to look look forward to, and Narset could actually be a big player in this storyline because of the Core Nineteen stories that we got, the Core Nineteen uh, uh, little novella bits online, where the Teamer shamans uh, from what was her name. Um, the granddaughters of Yasova Dragonclaw yep. re- recorded the history of Tarkir inside that cavern. So if Narset's been paying attention to that stuff and gathering information about when Bolas first arrived on the plane, then that might be, you know, she might have sort of the secret to, to defeating him. 
So I don't I don't think she's expendable so much. The other two, Angrath and Ashiok. Uh, Ashiok also has a lot of complex background that we could maybe deal with and is a fan favorite. Angrath yes. is a fan favorite because, you know, mad Minotaur dad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find him a little bit more expendable. I, I think the Minotaur contingent is a little, they're vocal, but I don't know if how much Wizards is going to care as much about that. Yeah. Eh, all right. Uh, third tier. So again, this is odds on oft. P- characters that we could see in this storyline uh, really make a huge sacrifice, whether that's their life, whether that's, you know, f- a physical uh, effect or losing their spark. And that, again, alphabetically, I have a Johnny Goldmane, Arlen Cord, the werewolf planeswalker from Innistrad, Domri Raid, Dovin Bon, Kiora, the merfolk planeswalker from Zendikar, Ral Zarek, Vivian Reed, who we met in Core 19 and is the green-aligned hunter planeswalker, and Vraska. Vraska, really? Man, Vraska could be very impactful and also is not... I mean, yes, I don't really want her to, to go. I agree with you. I don't want her to go. I think that she might be the one, though, where Wizards gave us this beautiful story where she and Jay... Again, this is a bummer, but I think Wizards might use her as the vehicle to have redeemed Jason our eyes and then it would and then totally rip our heartstrings out by having her go down in this story before she and Jace get that chance to to reconcile to, again. Yeah. That that's just my vibe. It might not happen, but I feel like because again, she has a really complicated and torturous past that and but we did see a bit of the redemption arc already that i that seems like something that's getting set up on the t to be knocked out for us yes yeah um a johnny so cat dad let's let's talk about that because i think that that's a that's got to be tough for you to just that is a tough one yeah you're willing to off cat dad huh i'm not <laughs> i don't want it to happen <laughs> But again, but again, think about the arcs that all these characters are going through. Ajani has had a long history with Bolas, and I could see this being a moment where he, if if it's not Gideon making a big sacrifice, I think the other White Aligned Planeswalker is going to. Yeah. And, you so know. So we are kind of, I mean, in some ways we are, I think, acknowledging that White is the one that we are associating with the kind of the Messiah, or yes. not Messiah, but kind of the self-sacrifice martyr type thing. Yes, so, I think so. Well, and okay. and doesn't Ajani sort of fit that Obi-Wan Kenobi type of mentor role where maybe it's his death that inspires them to to push through to the finish? Yeah. You know? Like that's that's sort of the vibe that I get from that. Although, and again, this is why I don't have him in in tier 4. I don't think that he's all I I don't think it's like all but certain that he's out in this story. Yeah. No, no, and, I agree and, with and that. And I do, I, and again, I think there's there's some misogynistic stuff that plays into this, and I'm I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to be aware of that in my own rankings. But there's a character who is in tier four that I think fills a similar role to a Johnny, but I think is almost certain to go here. Also, okay. you'll notice that I do have three of the guild, uh, well, four of the Bolas aligned guild leaders, including Vraska, but the three of the others, I think. Some of those characters who aren't super fan favorites, uh, but 
have thrown their lot in with Bullis will find themselves on the wrong end of losing a spark at the very least. So, I mean, I am noticing that, you know, I don't know if I call it a bias, but right now you definitely are moving towards a storyline in which Bolas <laughs> is almost not, not even going to say, I'm not even getting to where the fact that you haven't brought him up yet, but you don't only have him kind of losing here. You have him getting completely wrecked. I do. And I'm very interested by this because you have him basically being ineffectual. It sounds like <laughs> not ineffectual. No, no, no. Well, no, I mean, like this isn't this isn't a power ranking. This is just who I think by the end of this story is most likely to be left standing. Sure. But it's none of the people who are aligned with Bolas. But I think uh, I agree with you. But like I like I'm saying, I think it's easier to find I sort of think, you know, with the amount of storytelling that's been invested in a lot of these hero characters, it is much easier to replace some of the villain characters who are designed to be disliked. You know what I mean? Like, we've never really had a reason to love Dovin Bon. Some people like him as a character, and some people, I'm sure, love him as a character, but he's always been kind of on the wrong side of everything so far from the time that we've met him. You know, and so... I think it's it's sort of that thing where it's it's easier to set up villains. There, there's a reason why Spider-Man is is there all the time, and he has a you know a what do they call it a a murderer's row or a Legion yeah. of Doom or whatever. They there's a a cavalcade of villains that that are set up for him to knock down, sort of. But there are also like core villains that are necessary. Even if he knocks them down, they they get back up too. True. I mean, and that's, I mean, as of right now, you know, I'm going to go more Batman here. You don't have Batman without the Joker. Sure. No, I agree. So like, and right now we basically have the Avengers with without like, I mean, like I said, this is a war, right? This is right. a war for, for the Sparks. And as of right now, Sparks are not being lost. Like to me, War of the Spark means that somebody, we believe Bolas, is gathering power from these sparks. Okay? Right. If we don't have good guys dying, there's no war. Oh, for sure. And I think and I think we will. I think it's again, I'm I, the way I assigned this list is more probability. Like I think not only is Bolas going to take out some of these heroes, I it's just there are a lot of characters that I think can be aligned with the heroes or the the side opposite Bullis at the very least. You know, I don't know if they'll all be heroes. Um, and and some of them will be off or lose their spark throughout this. But I think that by the end of this story, we know that the Gatewatch or some of them are going to come out on top because the story has to go on. So at a certain point, you, you go like, okay, so it's like... Uh, you know, more of the villains have to lose than the heroes. And on top of that, who's to say that Bolas isn't going to, you know, drain his lieutenants as well once he gets there, you know? It's not, I don't necessarily think that the heroes are going to take out Dovin Bon. I think that, like, Bolas might take out Dovin Bon because once he starts the whole process, like, well, you're an expendable piece. I don't know. I mean, that's that's just I my just, logic with it. I think that's a good yeah. that's a good critique. I agree. I guess the one last piece that I want to talk about here, just uh, you know, just to run these quick down, are Arlen Cord and Kiora 
and Vivian Reed. Those three are compelling characters, and I know that there are fans of those characters out there for sure, but I don't know that they have the broad base appeal that a lot of people, uh, you know, that, that would, I think, guarantee them to be carried on as, as core story parts. Um, and specifically Vivian Reed, who it seems like is on sort of a, a death wish hunt of Bolas and will, you know, either end Bolas or die trying. Yep. I actually had her very high on my list of people that are not surviving. The fourth tier here, the people that I think are totally toast. This tier, uh, in alphabetical order, Jaya Ballard, Nahiri, the lithomancer from Zendikar, Nicol Bolas, Obnixilis, the demon planeswalker originally from Dominaria, I think, but then yeah. was trapped mm-hmm. on Zendikar for a while. Yeah. Uh, Soren Markov from Innistrad. Okay. Yep. Tybalt, also from Innistrad. Oh, come on. Okay. Yep. A- and Ugin, the spirit dragon. Yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> And so the big ones obviously here, I think the, the main two are Nicol Bolas and Ugin. That's the, those are the two biggest ones that will be the central conflict of this, I, I think. Um, our, our own new version of A Brother's War. <laughs> uh, look at that. Um, yeah. Dominaria rippling I'd, out throughout the universe. I'd been waiting for that like for a while. I'm so. proud of you. That was Thank good. You. <laughs> but yes, you have Ugin and Bolas in this category. And I think that would be sort of a really poetic arc to see their story of how they were born together, how they grew up together and sort of diverged. But then at the end of it all that they both come back together and, you know, whether it's that they reconcile, whether it's somehow magical hand wavy that they merge and become a greater being and then go peace out. I'm, I'm not going to mess with this stuff anymore, you know, Ooh. or whether they both kill each other. I think that Ooh. I think they're both going to bring each other down or up or whatever. I I'm just still stuck on the super being. That would I'm be cool, right? <laughs> yeah, like a like a the 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 um the meld yeah. creatures that we had. Yeah, the new yeah. war dragon right there. Oh, okay, okay. So obviously, I I do honestly believe that they are going to wrap up Bolas in some way, shape, or form here, not wanting to be kind of continuing with him um, Mm -hmm. at this point. I do not believe Bolas is done. I do think that Bolas was more interesting when he wasn't always there. I'd always wanted him to return, and then they went the other extreme and made him return and had him in, like, every set and every storyline and you know um multiple versions of his cards we get the origins i mean it's all we've been setting this up and now even someone like me is fatigued right okay with bolus now i do not think that bolus is going to die i agree um yeah he may slink off to the meditation realm he may planeswalk there and then lose his spark and be kind of stuck. But yes, Bolas is going to get wrecked at the end of this because this is this is Magic the Gathering. This is Wizards. The good guys are going to win. They're not nihilistic enough to have Bolas win. And I think conversely, because Ugin is that mirror image of Bolas, is that completely 
you know, and we talked about this very early on in, in the show history. Um, yeah. Because Ugin is that complete mirror image. I think without Bolas, there is no Ugin. I don't think Wizards will let Ugin be a major no. player in the story. No. If Bolas isn't a major player in the story. So one way or another, Ugin is also going to slink off to the Blind Eternities and study Eldrazi or will dissipate into a thousand beautiful sparkly pieces and become a part of all of us. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. I, I mean, I fully agree. So. Um, the other one here is another personal grudge that I'm really interested in, and that is Soren Markov and Nahiri. I think both of them are out for blood. I think both of them are similar to the Vivian Reed aspect. I don't think either of them is going to stop until the other is out. Um, I that that to me feels like the next most like vicious personal grudge that there is in this, and so I think there is going to be, you know, a, a climactic sub battle here between those two, and I think it'll be much less about like. You know, Nahiri's aligned with the heroes, or Bolas and Markov is aligned with you know. Whatever. I think it's going to be like, yeah, nominally they're that, but really they're just throwing in with the other sides so that they can kick the other one's ass. Yeah, they want the opportunity to fight the other one. Um, yeah. Now, the one thing that I will wonder about here, um, similar to what you kind of said with Tamio and the Emrakul storyline, mm-hmm. to Emrakul also. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why one versus the other would be. I'm not sure if Nahiri's story is done either. That's a fair point. I I don't know that they. I don't know that Wizards necessarily wrote much of a continuation for her into the story so far, at least as clearly as Tamio. Yep. But you're right that she's connected to that plot line as well, and so maybe this is a category. This is a spot where Nahiri could be up one category, and I could totally see that. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so, yep. two that are completely not fan favorites, really haven't had a lot of storyline, really aren't that interesting, frankly, for, to me. And and I, I think he's a, a fun and fascinating card because I like to be contrarian, but Tybalt is one and Obnixilis is the other. I think those two just will be wrapped up as loose ends in this storyline. And I think Tybalt, honestly, unfortunately, is really getting hammered here because of how bad the card associated with Tybalt is. Yep. I actually think Tybalt showing up kind of, I'm going to be interested to see, like I could just see him as just chilling with the Rakdos so much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, like yeah. Um, how, how great would it be if like, if he did survive all of this and just ends up as like, you know, the doorman for Rakdos himself. Like he's just, he's, do- you know, Rakdos is like right hand man now. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. I guess, Sorry second third in command behind judith because judith rocks yeah yeah the the big one here that i that i think is the biggest bummer but i'm pretty sure her time is going to be running short is jaya ballard yeah jaya's gone yeah and i i think you know we our uh one of our good friends uh of the vorthos cast during the whole pre run-up to dominaria was thinking that Jaya Ballard would be would end up dead in that story. Yep. Uh it didn't turn out to be true. Uh but I don't think that was a bad instinct. I think that they have been bringing back Jaya to be again 
like we were saying with the Johnny, that Obi-Wan Kenobi type role where yeah, she's yeah. mentoring Chandra. She's bringing Chandra forward and giving her all of her tools, all of her secrets to do better. Yes. And yeah. then sooner or later, the mantle will pass. Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree with this. So that's it. I want to ask you. So we can agree. We agree that Bullis is not going to be the big bad of magic storyline after this. If you had to name one, and I, I'll be honest, I don't think Wizards is going to go, quote, big bad anymore. I, I think they've realized that that's, you know, not great for storytelling. And yep. that sort of pigeonholes them in terms of the even the creation of cards and, and worlds and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if you had to say who the primary or, you know, prominent, most prominent villain is going to be after this storyline, who become who fills that void? I think it becomes the person that we have not heard from in a while, and that is Tezzeret, the person who's conspicuously absent. I think Tezzeret has a lot more of a story to tell. Yeah, I think he's the odds-on favorite for me as well. I could see Davriel stepping into that role as well, you know. Kind of end up with what you were talking about before with like a rogues gallery where we return to kind of— you know, that we return to kind of more one-offs for a while. Um, we're going to have an overarching story, but are we going to just more focus on some individual planes and le- and, and wrapping up loose ends? So are we going to have our big characters coming back? But some of the stuff that we talked about, that these storylines of why you think people are going to survive, are we just going to kind of focus on them? Are we going to return to Mirrodin and wrap that up? Are we going to spend more one playing sets now so that we can tie up some storylines and finish off the stuff it's a really exciting moment i think for magic story it's it's kind of all wide open after this now that's our show you can find the podcast at goblin lore pod on twitter or email any questions comments or concerns to goblin podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, you can do so at patreon.com slash goblinlorepod. Goblin Lore is hosted by Hobbs Q, who you can find on Twitter at Hobbs Q. This episode was written and co-hosted by Joe Redman, who you can find on Twitter at Findhorn. That's F-Y-N-D Horn. Engineering, editing, and production also done by Joe Redman. Our music is by Vintergotten, who you can find at vintergotten.com. Logo by Stephen Raphael on Twitter at Stephen Raffle. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.